Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. Thank you for saving us, Shirley. I mean, your name's not Shirley. This is a story about strangers. Anywho, can you take us to heaven now, please? Ooh, I cannot. I just came to say goodbye on my way to Abraham's bosom. Bye! I forgive you! Hello, Steven. Ooh, hello, kitty. I don't know. It, I'm trying to get myself in in the spooky spirit, but it's it's the middle of July. It's yeah. Are you and you don't really get in the spooky spirit that much to begin with, do you? Not a whole lot. I like Halloween more than some other holidays. I like it a lot more as an adult than I did when I was. Halloween's like, fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to experience Halloween Horror Nights at Universal because it's like. Uh, as you're walking around the park, there's, like, scares within just walking around the park, and then they have a bunch of, like, really themed horror mazes, like, based off of different properties. Like, I know nah. there's going to be a Beetlejuice one and a Haunting of Hill House one, Ooh. and they haven't announced the others yet, but that sounds really fun. Anyway. Are you, you are you a big Haunted House person? I enjoy them. I, I, I enjoy a well-done Haunted House. I've been in plenty of Haunted Houses where I think what I'm doing is lame. Did but you ever I, do the one at the mall? No. I th I didn't get into it till I was uh, embarrassingly older. Ah, that's okay. Was I it know, good? I was probably in high school. Uh, better than it could have been, but okay. grand scheme of things, really, no. It was good for being a haunted house in the Anderson Mall, I That's suppose. kind of how the one... Have you been to the one that's in the old movie theater? 
No. In Anderson? I have. Uh, like the, the old Applewood, Applewood movie theater. It's kind of like that too, where it's better than it could have been, but it's still kind of bad. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool the way that they've like gutted an old movie theater and turned it in. Like you go up the yeah. steps and stuff to go around the. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. Another week we're talking about spooky stuff this week, so I've been kind of excited for that. Welcome aboard. I'm Zach, and I'm off to Pilates. <laughs> Hi. I'm Steven, and that's not even how it goes, but whatever. I know, I couldn't remember what the real one was, so I just uh, hummed Songbird by Kenny G. It's called Daybreak by Michael Haggins, I think, and uh, nice. me and a friend in high school used to like harmonize together to it frequently. Nice. That's great. Let's talk about stuff. We got a shout out, as always, our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to learn more about what that is, go to that link I just said. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, and Melissa LaPena. We love you. Big, sloppy, wet, old kisses to each one of you, respectfully, consensually. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. And also a shout out as always to our community papa at communities on Twitter. Without him squeezing us from his loins, we would not be here before you to analyze community on a weekly basis. He uh, tweeted at us today and I was very confused as to what it meant. That he was going to disappoint us? Well, he said, I'll going to disappoint today. Yeah, I don't think all of that was intentional. <laughs> I think uh, I think Dad's been uh, a little uh, hitting the sauce heavy again. on the Ambien lately. Mm. But <laughs> I think um, I think it's because he didn't email us, and he was uh, because of the Ambien, clearly. Yeah, and so he w- he was saying something about it. Whatever. Thanks, Dad, for supporting us. We're glad to have <laughs> you. How are you, Stephen? How's your week been? Uh, it's been good. Busy, but but good. I uh, <laughs> what did I do? I Got to eat at one of my favorite pizza places on Sunday. What pizza place? Lou Malnati's. Oh, yeah. Lou Malnati's is great. I don't know that I've ever had... I don't know how to even say Giordano's. Giordano's? Giordano's? I, I haven't had it, but every time I go to Chicago, I seek out Lou Malnati's because I like um, it. I've got a new place for you to try that Danny took me to for my birthday. Yeah. It was called Pequod's, and okay. it's really good. They like bring your deep dish pizza out to you like in a cast mm. iron skillet that they made it in. I'm pretty sure they do that at Luminati's. Or maybe it's not a skillet because it's easier to cut. But I feel like it's on some type of, like, stone. like a... a, uh, Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't Uh, when I went this last time. So, going to Luminati's... I haven't been to Chicago in a couple years. But when I was a little bit younger and driving off on my own, it was really exciting to, like, go to Chicago and be in, like, the big city and, like, going with Mm -hmm. a friend, like, by ourselves. And I remember a time, me and my roommate at the time went to Chicago to see a Green Day concert. And we were planning, we were super broke. We didn't bring any money, but like gas money and food money. And uh, we got to Chicago, and our plan was to wait overnight, like downtown Chicago, in line for this concert. So the only money we really had was to get fancy pizza from Giordano or from Luminati. So we spent a lot of money there. And as we're sitting there, we are like looking at the venue and like stuff like that. And we see like there's a strict no lining up before 7 a.m. rule. <laughs> and me and my buddy just kind of look at each other like, F-. <laughs> we don't have any money to like go yeah. stay anywhere. So we looked at this app on my phone that I used to use, and you can find, like, parking spaces. And we found this 
sketchy ass parking lot that was like behind a building or something that was just yeah. like a space that people allow people to park in for money that was packed with cars that look like junkers and stuff you know mm-hmm. and we like put blankets covering the windows <laughs> of my car paid $15 to, <laughs> to to park and we didn't sleep really but we slept yeah. there in my car and then we're sleep deprived the whole next day waiting in line for the concert that's fantastic Oh man, we, I wish I would have known about one time you and I went to Chicago and we stayed in yeah. a hostel that was insanely cheap. That was so cheap and it was like really nice. We got our room upgraded. It was nice for what it was. Yeah. yeah. If I had known about something like that, we could have slept in a bed. I've <laughs> recommended that to other people coming to Chicago to stay. Yeah. And I know that uh, somebody did. Cool. And they liked it. Cool. Well, let's talk about community. <laughs> Let's uh, do it. Why did I start talking? Because Luminati's Luminati's pizza is really good. It mm. takes forever to get your pizza, but it's so like garlicky and the crust is so it's good. We're here to talk about season three, episode five, horror fiction in seven spooky steps, which was directed by Tristram Shapiro, who is a giant of directing episodes of Community over the series through season uh, with seasons one through season five. He directed twenty four episodes. And I think that's wow. more episodes than either of the Russos directed. That is. I think you said that the it's like highest a, was like slightly 22. lower 20s. Mm-hmm. And it was written by, uh, I believe, this is the only episode he had any involvement in on Community. It was written by a man named Dan Harmon. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Is he the guy with... who made that weird, like, Back to the Future thing where the old guy wanted to f*** the kid? Yes. Ah. He previously wrote the pilots in Spanish 101, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, and after this episode, he writes Origins of Vampire Mythology, Repilot, Ladders, and the series finale, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television, and it originally aired on October 27th, 2011. Spooky! Before we talk about what we thought about this week's episode, let's get into some trivia. I have four questions for you this week. I have five. Okay, so give me two. Um, what time and where is the Halloween party taking place? Is it in the cafeteria? Or not the yeah. cafeteria. It is? Uh-huh. And is it at 8? 9.30. 9.30. That's kind of late for a school party. Isn't it? It is. It Maybe <laughs> it makes it less noticeable if the lights are flickering if it's nighttime. Sure, that's fair. Um, in the title sequence, how oh. many aliens are on oh Ken Jong's little card? Flap. Whatever you Thoughtful want to call it. question. Are there... Three? There are three. Nice. Yeah. I, I. You know what my favorite part of this episode is? The theme song? I think the, the that opening title card is great. They get a 10 out of 10 for that. They knocked it out. All the drawings were great. Love yeah, it. they Every are time. great. But honestly, I think they're done better in the season four Halloween episode because they mess more with the music behind it. And it's a little spooky. It's true. It's true. Okay. 8.5 I'll give you a question. 10. What, as many as you can name, what are Britta's party snacks? Fruit Loops. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that all I you got? I just remembered the joke when Shirley was like, um, I'm going to ask you. Sure I, are you sure I can't, I can't bring, bring anything? anything? <laughs> that joke just got funnier now that I'm thinking Was that it. your way of uh, dodging my question? Yeah, I got Fruit Loops. There were taco shells. Taco. <laughs> there were Lucky Charms, it appeared. <laughs> There was there was a chocolate bar that was open. Uh, there were some miniature chocolate donuts and some type of red dip because Britta was like, "Remember, you can dip." <laughs> oh boy, nice, good question. 
Um, in Shirley's story, what does Troy have on his shirt? Oh, man. I can see it, but I don't know it. The Union Jack. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Uh, as, as like, oh. ridiculous as they all looked there, some yeah. of the outfits were not terrible in that one. It's just ridiculous because of the characters. Yeah. You're right. Some of them were awful. Mm-hmm. What about Britta is Abed comforted by in his version of the story? Her symmetrical face and mm-hmm. was it flowy hair, blonde hair? Shiny hair. Shiny hair. But very close. I'll pretty mm-hmm. much give that one to you. Okay. Um, what does Troy demand in Pierce's story? When he's doing like the hold up, stick up. Oh. It's a hold up if you're a cowboy. It's a stick up if you're black. I don't know. Uh, he demands all his expensive brandy and hubcaps. Expensive brandy. I remember that kind of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another one for you. Uh, what does Pierce name himself in his own story? Oh, f- was it like Maverick or Murdoch? You're so close. Was it uh? You don't got it. It's Magnum. Magnum. Oh, oh no! I dropped my monster condoms for my Magnum dong. <laughs> Thanks. You got one anyone more? who's watching? I'm so who sorry. doesn't know that? Well, it, it, you don't. No worries, because nobody's watching. <laughs> uh, my last one. Abed was the most sane. Who, according to Britta's test, was the least? Oh, was it obvious by how many like red marks on it there were or something? I thought so. Is it Jeff? It was not. Shirley? It was not. Who? Pierce. Sure. I thought maybe they would throw a curveball with it. No, I think they should have. <laughs> Let's move on to <laughs> emails. Oh, wait. No, I have one more question. I have one more question. According to Troy, ruining a Brita party is like what? Oh, um, I, I know this one because this is a great line. Uh, yeah. Ruining a Brita party is like letting poop. You're almost there, buddy. Oh, letting poop spoil? Yeah, that's it exactly. Good job. Ooh, that one. I had, I had to pull that one out from like deep within. Let's move over to the emails this week. I'm not mad, but I'm a little disappointed because we've only got one write-in. Mm-hmm. So let me shout out right off at the top of the show. If you want to be a part of this segment, next week uh, is the halfway point of the television program community. We're talking about the episode Advanced Gay. So write wow. us in your emails, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moment to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. But Steven, what do we have for today? Um, okay. I've got a, a two-parter because the second one, if I can base on what the email contains on the subject, it says, I forgot my MVP. So I'm going to read the one first entitled Tribby. I'm not typing out my trivia because oh. you guys make fun of how I type. I'm dumb, so that's offensive. Instead, I took a video and uploaded to YouTube to make it easier. Please play this and answer my questions. I do hope to hear... A good response. Thank you. Sent from Dalmatian Calendar. All right. So one moment. Can yeah? Can you share the screen and play this? I'm really nervous. I am too. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna be sitting in like a leather chair, holding a naked cat or something, petting it, like Doctor Evil. You sure didn't say who the email was from. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's obvious. This is from Lil over at peepreviews at gmail.com. Send them all your peep 
reviews. Oh no. Unironically great song. Yeah, thanks for the tribute, Lil. Thanks, Lil. Um, my MVP is And to Abed. answer that question, I, I really think that Harmon's intention was to poke some some loving fun at the Israeli-Pakistani conflict. Yeah, I... Palestine. Palestine. I think that his stance on it is pretty clear. And pretty uh, out of date. Yeah, you know, I think that... Uh, there were some jokes in there about a certain global event that didn't need to be in there. All right, but, let's move you know. on. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, then they go on to say, my MVP is Abed. I love that fella. Sure. I also went down a rabbit hole of Danny Pudi. He won the first Chris Farley scholarship. So a little bit of trivia. Thanks, Lil. What do you have to do to get the Chris Farley scholarship? Prove how much drugs you've done? How many, how many cocaines that you've inhaled? Is it too uh, soon? So there's like a, a final test for that one where you have to simultaneously rip a sports coat while doing a line of meth and jumping <laughs> through a table. All right. Thanks for the email, Lil. Please write us in for Advanced Gay next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Steven, let's move into the next thing. One of my favorite moments every week, and it's going to be a very spooky moment this week, I'm mm-hmm. sure. We're going to find out together if Steven did or did not, in fact... Did Steven watch the episode? Did Steven watch the episode this week? As always, you've got 20 seconds to try to nail home everything you can about this week's episode of Community. And based on how well you did, I'll give you a letter grade that I believe you've earned. Now, I'm coming off of my worst performance in a long time. Definitely chaos theory. Yeah. Yeah. If if you. If you, if all you knew about remedial chaos theory was what <laughs> Steven said in the 20 seconds, it would be that people showed up to the party <laughs> in a certain order and they play Yahtzee and they get pizza. Is that not what happens? It, it those things do happen. <laughs> but this week, I feel like maybe there's, there's some writing on the wall that you can do a little bit better. I hope so, but in all reality, Zach, I don't know that you I will. haven't yet. Yeah, okay, well, let's do it. We've got 20 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go. It's Halloween! And they're having a party, but it's having a pre-party for the party because she's weird, and then there's bad snacks, and then they have to figure out who's the killer because Britta gave him a test. She's a psychic agent. She's crazy. And who's it going to be? Everyone tells scary stories. They all seem kind of crazy. Um, lots of stuff happens. Abed kind of deconstructs it all. Pierce is racist. And then, really, Jeff filled the ranches randomly. They, they figure out who did it because Britta, Britta did it. Damn it. Yeah, I wish you would have given just a couple more details about the stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, would have gotten to the ending. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as some of no. the other ones you've done. But that wasn't anything special. Mm-hmm. I think it was a B minus. Okay. I'll take it. Thank you. Now let's talk a little bit. Let's get into the episode. And before we say what we thought of it this week, what were some of your or your definitive favorite funny moment of the um, episode? I think Abed humming the music is is my like funniest moment of the whole episode and troy like yeah into it and knowing where abed's going with it which was great um i also think that the uh the shirley line early on was pretty funny too especially like are you sure i can't help that one yeah 
with all the other snacks now that you pointed out that Britta had there, that's really hilarious. Some of my favorite funny moments were just Abed's demeanor in his version of the story towards Britta, where he's like, your lips were soft and the right amount of moisture. And Britta's <laughs> like, would you like to do it again? And he says, no, but not in like a no, <laughs> just like a really like, no. yeah, it was so Abed and it was really fun to see that played out. Uh, I actually had two other that I wrote down too, though. Shirley's demeanor in her own story when she's oh my an God. angel. I forgive you. I love <laughs> that so much. Shirley and was great in this episode. My last thing is Pierce punching Troy with his <laughs> dick in his own story. And just the zip, the, the way he, Pierce p- plays off the thwap, and Troy's, oh, my God. And then, bam. I love that moment a lot. That's pretty fantastic. But let's talk about what we thought of this episode. Before we recorded this week, the way we've talked about it was that it's an episode that I have really enjoyed in the past and one that you have had a little bit tougher of a time, like, heaping praise on it. Yeah. And we've just watched it uh, for the first time in a little while. What were your thoughts on horror fiction and Seven Spooky Steps? If I can be totally honest, every time I watched it, I liked it a little less. And uh, outside of just this time, try to give me a little bit of, in general, what your sure. issue is with it. What what do you think it does wrong? I just think that there's some funny stuff that happens, but I take issue with the fact that the real world story is a little, it's really a reach for me that Jeff would be playing along with that at all. I also think that it's a little bit of silly of a premise, which is fine. You can do silly and they do silly well. But this one for me just doesn't really work in the real world. I think the stories, some of them are really well done and it's all really well acted. But I especially, I think I every time I watch this episode, I'm about done with it by the time it gets to um, Pierce's story. Wow. Well, and then I, then I just completely stop caring about what's happening, which sucks because everyone's doing such a good job. The Dean's hilarious in this episode. Mm-hmm. Troy's hilarious. Abed's great. And everyone does a really good job. I just think that it, it just does not hit for me. One positive I did think of this episode and a positive of of all of season three, which has been kind of a mixed bag so far, mm-hmm. they really know how to use every character within an episode now. Yeah. They've done that really, really well, and that's really good in this episode. And I've always really enjoyed this episode. I don't remember if when we ranked Halloween episodes if it was number two or number three for me. I think it was number three. I think you put this one just ahead of season one. Well, no, no, no. I think it would have been... There's only four. So I think it would have been season four, maybe this one, season one, season two. Or season one and this one might be switched. I don't remember. That's what I said, that you put it number... Uh... Two ahead you of said number one. three. You said number three. And you oh, said I it, did? And I, I think you said above season one. Yeah, if it was number two. I, I don't know. I Whatever. I, I, I've always liked Not this episode my bad. quite a bit. I don't know my numbers, Zach. I don't know why you have to rub it in live Sorry. on the air Sorry. in front of all We're our viewers. Live. Uh, God. God damn it. People are uh, tuning in right now. Sorry, friends at home. I have always really liked this episode, and I think this time I watched it, I fall a little bit closer to the way that you feel about the episode. I think it's really, really funny. And I really like the fake stories, and I like that it's a it's a 
it's a, a fake situation that the characters are coming up with, and then we mm-hmm. see it actually acted out on screen. I think that's really funny. But the more times I watch it, the less and less I can I can go with the Brita storyline or the framing device for the whole yeah. episode. It feels like a really, really loose way for them to just do what they wanted to do, which is tell all these spooky stories, like riffs yeah. on the same story. I think I also figured out something else that bugs me about this episode. Let's hear it. And it's because of the com- like difference with the other Halloween episodes. And I'll just look at season one and two. Season four even falls into this category too. But there's actual danger. Like there's a possibility of something not great happening in season two especially and season one. This season I don't think there's any real fear that one of them is going to be a killer or a murderer it's you know? very loose but uh, season two there's actually you know people that are in a zombified state season one you know pierce is actually on drugs freaking out you know so right. there is there's actual things happening that cause and the even tension. in season four i forget yeah there's the trapped in is, but yeah it's there in pierce's in house his, and like he's, he's trapped in his emergency room or something yeah or his his bunker or whatever room, yeah i'm looking forward to getting back to that when i think it's kind of a highlight of season four I liked it. I think that was my number three, for sure. This episode, I like a lot of what it does, but it it feels more than ever community doing a homage episode in the laziest way they've Mm -hmm. ever done it. They do it and they pull it off, but it doesn't feel like there's any like, oh, community had to do this. Like community had something to say about this kind of thing. I think that they could have had a just as effective episode and still done the homage to like horror movies and things like that if maybe they'd actually taken a trip together to a cabin for a weekend and there they can tell scary stories for whatever reason and then the, the tension something that builds would be that they think somebody's gonna like come get him or something you know something like that that would work <laughs> let's get Not, into it let's I, I, I'm no I'm no showrunner but I think you know yeah I, I'm no you know Dan Harmone, but yeah, I you think sh- you can write a better episode than Dan Harmon, who created the series. <laughs> wow, Steven's gonna be messaging Dan Harmon on Instagram, be hey, like, Well, actually, Dan- this episode you made 10 years ago, <laughs> I attached this YouTube link to a video essay that I made explaining why it's dog shit. He'd hire me immediately. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. One thing that I do really... (laughs) One thing that I really like about this episode from the start, even if I'm not super on board with how everyone enables Britta's craziness in this episode, Mm -hmm. I really like Britta in this episode. I do too. She's she's Britta at her worst, but that's... Um, but she's Gillian still like believable. I still yeah. can see why she would go down. A couple of the things later on about like how she messed up specific things are a little too silly. But especially in the <laughs> beginning of the of the episode, this pre-party that Britta's thrown together as an excuse to get all of the study group together so she can analyze them, and how lazy last second rushed together all of the things at her yeah. party are, I think that's pretty inspired, that she's got taco shells and, and cereal <laughs> and something red to dip them in, and a rubber spider. Really uh, stuff like that, along with the pizza dance last week, I think they're really letting Gillian be especially funny, and they haven't quite gone too overboard with Britta being stupid or no. hated on for me yet, so I've really enjoyed 
Britta so far in season three. Honestly, Britta is probably one of my highlights of season three so far. I think she definitely is for me too. Yeah, and this continues that. Has she been my MVP at all this season? I don't know. Was she your MVP in the Chang storyline? I don't when know they were versus was. each other. I haven't been writing that stuff down yet. I, I look into that at the mm-hmm. end of the season. It'll be interesting at the end of this season that I think is kind of a scattered one to yeah. see where this is going to go. I think season one was so obviously Abed. Season two was so obviously Troy. Troy. I think this one, so far my comment on every episode has been they used all the characters well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me it's probably between Troy and Britta so far, but it's good. Uh, here's an agree. issue that I have that I sure. don't think is ever discussed. Okay. Why... Do uh, Troy, Abed, and Jeff have costumes on and nobody they else They definitely mentioned that Troy and Abed were just dressed like that already. Oh. The line, they're like, we were dressed like this when you called us. If we were dressed up, you would know, they is what say they that. say. And but Jeff, why... I think, is just trying to get some P word at the party, so he put on a, he, he put on a leather jacket. I... I, I don't know. I like when they're in costume because Shirley always has the one she doesn't I was going to say, my question more so isn't why are they in costume, but why is there not a well-thought-out costume for all of them? That was my question is why yeah. why aren't they wearing costumes? They're getting ready to go to a Halloween party. Especially that, – that would have almost been a nice added touch is like the – uh, the party is starting to gather outside of the study room kind of like the puppy parade and they all yeah. like, want to get out there and we see – you know Leonard in his Charlie Brown costume or something, and exactly. they're like, "Oh man, that looks awesome! I'd really like to go." And they're all dressed up like something silly, and yeah, yeah. that would have been. I a really nice don't understand why episode. it's a Halloween episode. Why aren't they in costume? It also would have been funny if now that we're just rewriting this episode, it would have yeah. been funny if the end tag had taken place at the Halloween party. Yeah, and everyone's like having a really good time because they're not there. And or maybe, maybe they do someone, get to go afterwards. Or maybe someone there is a homicidal maniac and it wasn't any of the study group members. That would be funny, yeah. We should write community. We should. Let's let's just start from the beginning. Pilot. Re re pilot. There we go. So yeah, Britta's having this pre-party. Uh everyone kind of goes along with it, even though it's a little silly that they would all go along with it. Um, Troy and Abed are cute with their costume. Mm-hmm. It's a funny Something joke that's about really great Britta's, here. Did you uh, see the Beetlejuice? Oh, in the background? Yeah. Yeah. This is the third time over the course of the three seasons that they've said Beetlejuice. Uh, he did it once. They did it once in season one. They've done it once in season mm-hmm. two. And now in this time, we actually see Beetlejuice Which because nice it's touch. the third time they've seen him. They've said him on the show. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. That's, um, that's a, that's, that's, that's top tier right there. Yeah, that's something I really like about this episode is that they they think about stuff like that. Uh, Annie's not, looking through. They didn't think about putting them in costumes, though. Yeah, Annie's <laughs> thinking about or Annie's going through Britta's playlist that she's provided, and it's the Beetlejuice soundtrack, NPR podcast, and something else. I don't, I don't remember the what song it was. "Spooky Party." Yes, and it's just so <laughs> clearly Britta has put this together very very last moment. And the I NPR like joke is funny with Britta, where she's like, don't worry, they address it. <laughs> what do you think about Jeff being a generic Fast and Furiouser in this um, one? Here's my issue with it. That's the jacket more akin to the movie Torque, starring Ice Cube, about like a motorcycle or something. I You're don't making know. that up, right? That's <laughs> no, not real. That was real. No, you made that up. I owned it up. on DVD. A movie, <laughs> the movie Torque? 
Torque starring Ice Cube. I think it was Ice Cube and like they like fight on motorcycles or something, yeah. but they don't really fight. They like fight with the motorcycles, but are they just fighting the motorcycles? Wait, really... they, they like lift up the motorcycles and sword fight with them? Well, so they ride them, but then one guy's like, I have this motorcycle that has a jet <laughs> engine in it. I'm going to be the fastest. And like then he like drives it and it goes really fast. I, I wish I were making this movie up. So you think it's unfair that Jeff isn't giving credit to where he really got the jacket from? That is that is sure as hell Ice Cube. Oh no. <laughs> doesn't Here, wanna... <laughs> doesn't like Paul Walker wear a jacket kind of like that in Fast and the Furious? Um No. He might, but Brian's a cop. He wouldn't wear a jacket. Movie. I've seen them all. Oh, Have here's you seen a nice the shot. One? Not yet, no. I cannot see that. <laughs> it's all it's all motorcycles. Maybe we'll oh, have to do a, a viewing or a running commentary of Torque for the, the Patreon. Yeah, if you um, any viewers that haven't seen the 2004 film Torque, <laughs> watch it. It's really cinema at its finest. <laughs> it, it sure they sure do have motorcycles in that movie. Yeah, it's like the I was watching some Tim Robinson. I think you should leave. I haven't uh, watched the new season yet. I'm very excited. To. <laughs> well, I was watching before the new season came out a little bit of season two. And one. the one where the guy comes, he's like, whoa, motorcycle. Whoa. whoa baby motorcycle. There's a little house inside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that skit's really funny. That, sh- that show's really, really funny. I highly recommend this. The skit where he's – where there's like a building and a car crashes into it and it's a hot dog <laughs> mobile and everyone's trying to like see the guy who did it because the car's empty and then tim is in the room in a hot dog <laughs> costume yeah like wow who do you guys think did this <laughs> well we gotta find him that one's really really funny too yeah i thought that the the new season what i watched it was really funny there were some pretty pretty good skits i'm so excited i think tim robinson is just hilarious yeah so Britta takes Jeff to the side and explains that she made everyone anonymously fill out these, uh, th- this like psych evaluation, and she's found out based on it that one of them in the study group uh, set off a lot of red flags for some homicidal tendencies, and that's kind of the 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 crux of the episode. I I, I guess mm-hmm. I don't. I find more issue that the study group would have sat down to take this test in the first place. Yeah, I think that it's weird that they're like, Jeff, how could you, like, spoiler alert, how could you randomly fill in, you know, your answers? And I'm like, why didn't all of you? I'm surprised that, you know, you Troy took more didn't than draw five minutes to do this. Yeah. Yeah, they did a joke about that, like, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, just a couple weeks ago. The Dean's appearance is really funny here. The Dean is dressed up <laughs> as a witch. He's looking great. Uh, as we record today, it's Jim Rash's birthday. So oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Jim. Jim Come on the show. Let's talk about it. Would love to talk about Jim's birthday with them. <laughs> the Dean's appearance is really funny and all the stuff about the flickering lights and how he says it's Halloween themed, but it's just covering up that their lights don't work was a really <laughs> funny bit. Mm-hmm. And it brings up, yeah, the, the dance is happening nearby and that... The study group is being kept away from the dance, sort of, by by doing what's going on here. What do you think of the Dean? I love it. I, Dean's great in this episode. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that since uh, Jim Rash is a series regular, that we usually get at least a little bit of Dean every week. Yeah. 
I don't know. Do you th- you said you think they make it seem too much like Jeff cares and goes along with it throughout this episode with Britta's thing? I didn't quite get that. I didn't. He exactly does think eventually. That- I'll point out the moment where he kind of jumps on board too. I think it's after Annie's story. He starts like being just as gung ho about this, at least seemingly to me, as Britta. I like when the study group is dan. I like the moment that uh, okay, so right here Jeff is a little bit like, oh my god, one of these people is crazy. He probably mm-hmm. should have already known that they were all crazy. Yeah, and they're intensely watching the group as they're all just dancing and partying. I think that was a sweet moment. I love Shirley's dance. They said on the kinda... commentary, and this tracks from last week with the Roxanne scene at the end mm-hmm. of the episode that Chevy didn't like to do any dancing on set, <laughs> and that he would usually find ways to be talked out of having to do it. Yeah, and he's doing some real Frank Reynolds dance moves right here. It's true. <laughs> he like did a tiny what's swim? with old men doing this like claw swim <laughs> i don't know dance what sort of dancing happened in the 50s <laughs> they 60s. were all on cocaine so everything they did felt awesome ah this is funny the first brita thing where it's like are people using my name to mean made a small mistake yes that's a classic there are a couple of classic bits that start in this episode Mm -hmm. because Britta it is something that honestly is maybe one of the things that starts the downfall of them over hating on Britta's character but this first time it shows up of course it's really love the mummy here for Yvette the opening theme song is really great really inspired this week they did a really good job and they brought the boobs back for Chevy Chase. They did. I don't know if you remember the very first episode of Community has that, and then they took it off. They changed it to whatever it is now because it looked a little too graphic. Well, so I that was before we started watching the episode together through here, so I was only seeing the Hulu version, so the boobs were already gone when wow. I watched it this last time. Mm-hmm. There's a reference that the Dean has gotten free taco meat from the Army <laughs> again this year at the, <laughs> at the dance because all of their memories were wiped. I forget, was the Dean's memory also wiped? I'm sure it was. Yes. Man, it's so crazy that that episode was real, that it's like yeah, in Canada. Yeah, and I that love that it's real. Turned it's... into zombies and... And Shirley got pregnant, and <laughs> it's great. So they're all excited to get to the party, but Britta makes everyone sit down to tell scary stories because she wants to tell a scary story. And based on the reactions from the other people, uh, try to figure out who the most crazy one is. And I really liked Britta's rendition of the story, at least because she's just like rushing through it. She doesn't give mm-hmm. a shit about the story. She just wants to make other people react to it, so it totally gets the wrong reaction out of everybody. Yeah. I, I do really like in this episode how everyone's story reflects their own personality so much with the way they tell it. Yeah, like how that's... the man on the on the news on the radio is like, there's a guy with a hook or whatever, or and whatever. he's yeah. doing this or whatever. It's very Britta rushedly telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also gets to show a little bit of what she thinks about Jeff through this, yeah. having Jeff be like, I'm a horny man. I'm only half present. And I do and like being in like, Annie's... I'm entitled to Oops. sex. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... We'll talk about more when we get there, but I think that Annie's story is a very nice real-world parallel, which is funny. I agree. There's some of that. There's a lot. That's one thing I do like about this episode, that Mm -hmm. through these stories that are supposed to tell who is crazy, uh, we get a lot more of how each study group member sees the other study group members. And I do. there are things I like about this episode, and honestly, most of it is the representations of the stories that are being told. Yeah. Whenever we're in the study group, it's a little bit of a slog, which is sad because usually if you put all the study group members in the study room for the majority of an episode, baby, you got a stew going. Yeah. (laughs) Not so much this time, huh? 
So there's a hook hand man that murders Jeff. Uh, all the murder scenes are done really well. I love mm-hmm. Jeff like describing how he's getting stabbed as he's getting stabbed. Britta having to yell that she was right. And then she finishes her story in real life. And I like this moment. She's like, okay, okay. And that's how it happened. Abed, how did you feel? And when Abed <laughs> says embarrassed and Britta kind of takes that as an indication that maybe he's scared, he's scary and crazy. Mm-hmm. I like how the rest of the study group's like, no, that's pretty nope, much right. pretty normal. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. And instead of it it probing Abed into, like, letting some of his psyche out, it becomes more of a competition of who can tell the best scary story. So Abed sets up his. Well, and I love that the study group is only here because they want to be the one who tells a good story. It's like, well, I can do that better than that. And that just shows how, you know, they all are, I suppose. Yeah. Abed's story is so perfectly in Abed's character. Mm-hmm. How Abed's got a director mindset, you know. He knows how to how to how to move through the motions of a good story, but it's pretty heartless because he doesn't quite have some of the humanity he needs to give these characters. Uh, they all talk like Abed, which is really funny. Well, and what's so funny about this too is that like if if you look at the you know movies of this genre the horror movies that, that do really well right now yeah they do exactly the stuff that abed is is saying here where you it know, falls kind of subverting the it falls into and... all the tropes but the movie's like but we know these are tropes and and the person's not gonna go down in the basement because you always laugh at people for doing that yeah but it's like when totally they started do doing the medicine cabinet scene where they close it and there's nothing there <laughs> yeah totally the only thing is that abed doing it in his version of the story kind of strips any tension or fear from the story He's How like, do you feel about I'm... Abed and Britta kissing each other here? Is it weird to you? Is it weird to watch? I don't think my eyes register it when it happens. Yeah, it doesn't feel real, does it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not real, but it doesn't feel real. Yeah. The way Abed, after they kiss, says enjoyable. Soft lips, just the right amount of moisture. <laughs> Would you like to do it again? No. We should listen to the news on this radio. It's a very, very good moment. Mm-hmm. All of Abed's little things through this, like... No, we won't go out and explore. We'll use my fully charged cell phone and stand back to back holding knives. <laughs> and of course, because it's Abed, when they turn on the news radio to hear about the killer, you can't just turn it on and hear the pertinent news yeah. clip. So for the first time in community, this is something that we hear a lot throughout the next couple of seasons. They play Daybreak. This is a really catchy little ditty. And Abed and Britta are like, I, I really love Britta's demeanor too. Gillian, throughout several of these stories, does a really good job of being what the other character wants her to be in the story. They're just both like statues as they tune into this song. And we cut back to the real world and see Abed really humming the whole (laughs) song and Troy loving every second of it. But it totally strips any tension that the story was building. I love it. It's very Abed. In fact, in some ways, the way they use Abed in this episode might be my favorite that they've used Abed in season three so far. He's mm. kind of taken the backbench so far, and he's not yeah, exactly he like a main character, but the stuff we get from him is a little more pronounced and very Abed. Yeah. And everyone gets upset because Abed's story keeps going on and on, and nobody's died. Everyone's like, does anybody die yet? And Abed's like, yes, when it's earned. Which I like. But that prompts Annie to tell her story. And I don't... Story-wise, I definitely like Annie's even better, even if I like the Abed demeanor of Abed's a little bit better. Because this gives a lot into Annie's imagination. The way that in her story, the cabin is a lot more Victorian. Yeah. Uh, She gets to wear this, like, white, flowing, kind of, like, stereotypical, like, 
virginal uh, mm-hmm. dress, and and Jeff is the the sexy, handsome, uh, misunderstood vampire yeah. man, and 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 he's saved Annie, and they're having a a sexually charged encounter but annie gets to be the little like fairy princess that she Mm -hmm. always wants to be i think it's it's nice because it really does take us into annie's psyche a little bit and how she sees jeff both in good and bad ways it does i think that this one's great i like the abed one which i think hurts this episode because the two strongest stories are the first two that they do and not counting britta's oh man i really like troy's story i think it's fine and I kind of like Pierce's. Yeah. Just for how ridiculous it is. It's revealed that Jeff is a vampire here and and he's about to about to suck Annie's blood, but because he's a he's a vampire with with emotions and, and he knows that it's wrong, so he turns her away. It's very Twilight. Yeah, it's hilarious. I but I am a monster. And I must feed. So this is great because he's, you know, got concubine He opens up a cupboard and sees, yeah, Britta is a concubine. He's clearly feasted on Britta a bunch of times. And almost more cleverly, it gives a look into how Annie feels about Britta, too. Yeah, I love that Annie's rationale for why Jeff and Britta have been sleeping together is that, well, he wants to sleep with me, but he knows that he can't. So he has to satisfy his urges somewhere. Maybe the most up line and community's entire run yeah. is stiffen your slackened jaw you <laughs> drained and tainted bitch dog oh. Jeff says to Britta very clearly showing what Annie thinks of Britta in this story well in great writing there because it sounds like he said like six swear words but he just said bitch yeah but it sounds cutting yeah and then Britta I'm fine with this <laughs> And Annie tries to flee, and maybe the biggest laugh as a whole thing is Jeff can't help but reach out to her and says, teach me to read. <laughs> they were joking around on the commentary how, like, Jeff's this centuries-old uh, vampire, and he's never learned how to read. <laughs> so then we get a really great montage of Annie in this horror story teaching vampire Jeff to read, and I think Joel nails the moments in this. It's First great. trying to to sound out each word he's like dog hates cats and then the way it goes so quickly to him like pontificatively reading (laughs) off shakespeare very very funny i think joel sells sells it incredibly well so funny and the way that annie's reaction is more like not wow you should be proud of yourself but you should be proud of how much i have been able to change yeah But unfortunately, Jeff is a monster and, and can't fight his 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 bloodlust, and and he goes after Annie. But <laughs> Annie's just just pick up a good book and read. Da-da, but Annie has a secret. Yeah, she's not just some uh, virgin in white for the vampire to drain. She's a f-ing werewolf <laughs> who fe- and- feasts on what is it desperate vampires, vampires. Or what say? yeah yeah what do you think of the cgi transformation here where her face turns into a werewolf face it's okay at this point fine with it they should have stopped there and then it turns into a honestly, full-on horse dog wolf honestly it could have been a lot worse 
Could have been. And the way it turns into the wolf face, I don't mind so much. It's more here in a second when it shows it again lunging towards Jeff. It's like the whole head like turns into like a snake neck kind of thing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then it cuts to Annie. I like I do like the moments where we're taken out of the skit of the story mm-hmm. and back into the person actually telling the story where Annie's just really going through this wordy graphic uh bloodshed story honestly she's one of the better storytellers of the group i think so even pierce is like horrified it's like what's wrong with this girl <laughs> calls britta a skanky concubine i like they have so really... this is where i think jeff is worried too that one of them might be a killer one of the things i really like is the way that they make it clear that everyone sees themselves as a specific character in the story as we see it, but it's not exactly the way the teller... You know what I mean? Everyone just yeah. knows which one Pierce is supposed to be and which one... Sure. And that Britta's the, the drain, the skank. You know, I think it's really funny <laughs> that... I don't know. There's a lot of cool group dynamic stuff layered into this, even if it totally. is kind of a lighter episode. I also like the moment where... Uh, Annie's finishing up her story and says, and because he's a vampire, he lived to see every second of it. And Abed kind of nods affirmingly as yeah. like, yep, that's how it he's would like, happen. That that's how the that's how the rules go. Yeah, she really goes in depth with, you know, what vampire Jeff goes through, which shows that maybe she's a little bit, you know, upset at the situation. And also Annie's just a little bit crazy, I think, is also the issue there. Yeah, and then she smiles so and proud. takes a deep breath and she's like, see, there is a twist. <laughs> but it it does show Jeff and Britta that maybe maybe yeah she is a little uh, she's lost it a little bit. Britta is really trying to point fingers about Annie and being like, well, <laughs> your story really doesn't have any love or of sparing human life, and and Troy's mad that Annie's good at it. So Troy, now it's his turn. He's gonna tell a legit scary story. This one is just incredibly silly. It is. I really like the casting of Pierce as an old racist, crazy mad scientist. <laughs> And, and Abed and Troy as these kind of Top Gun-looking, like, fighter pilots that have crashed down. It's great. Abed's nearly to death. This is a really interesting... They totally go a different direction with the idea of the scary story. This is almost like sci-fi in this one. Yeah, it's kind of like... Um, yeah, sci-fi type stuff. But I like it. It's almost like Human Centipede-esque a little bit. Where, like, there's sure. a crazy doctor doing stuff. Um, Pierce, I think they, the they way he says... Though. Why don't you come in for first aids and whatnot? That's a very, like, Troy saying what the mad scientist would say. He yeah. gives them these glasses of a mysterious green elixir. And Troy says, so medical. Thank you. And they drink it. There's some funny bits there. And it puts them to sleep. They pass out. And it allows crazy Dr. Pierce to, to do his crazy experiments on them. And Troy and Aved wake up to realize that they've been sewn together. I I think that the performances in this episode from the whole group are just so good. They're <laughs> so and believable. Are really they really good here. themselves. Yeah. The way that they're just instantly so, like, the idea is that, oh, no, now we're Siamese twins. We <laughs> have to be next to each other forever. And they yell everything in unison right away. <laughs> There's some pretty funny stuff here. The way that it mentally connects Troy and Abed even more. Yeah. And how silly the prosthetic of them being connected oh my just gosh. a little bit by some yeah. stitches that could probably be cut. <laughs> but, no, it connects them mentally. They can taste what the other one is drinking they can talk to each other through their minds <laughs> i really like the choice in their minds is like abed 
are, do we have ESP now? And Abed's like, yep, <laughs> we're <back> now. <laughs> I like how well Troy and Abed like act this conversation without moving their mouths. It's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. It is really good. They use their newfound powers to lift up an iron skillet and <laughs> pierce across the head with it. That would hurt like shit. Yeah. And then it's a really funny uh, turn of events when you see them pick up a knife, but it's really just to cut the sandwich that Pierce had made for himself. Yeah. <laughs> so they can each have half. And I don't know why, but the CGI knife cutting the sandwich is oh, really, it good. It's really satisfying to me. It looked way too good. It looked really good. And the way that the sandwich floats over to them, honestly, it's one of the better special effects. Or I don't know how they did it. Maybe they used strings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it looks way better than, than Werewolf Annie. Yeah, it does. You tried to destroy us, but you only made us more awesome. That's me whenever whenever anyone gives our podcast a bad review. Yeah. If someone gives our podcast a bad review, I will fight them. I've been saying it since the beginning. With I've been waiting for someone to write us a review, turning our podcast name around on us. Yeah. Be like, well, for you can't disappoint a podcast. They sure did disappoint me. I would honestly love that. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be great press. We could make it our like new cover photo. I would do that. Yeah. So uh, Troy and Abed overpower Pierce, and then he goes to sleep and wakes up to find that they've sewed a butt onto his chest. They've <laughs> taken his butt off and sewed it to his chest. A terrible paper mache ass looking prosthetic butt. <laughs> I love that. Like now, Troy and Abed, because they're joined at the waist through some stitches, they can now perform do the same surgeries. Type of surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a but crazy much old more man, complicated than Pierce what he could do. Can do it. <laughs> he literally just sewed them together, but they did an entire like transplant of his butt to his chest. And the fact that the show didn't stop at the butt that no. he he's he's upset by it, but then realizes it's like having boobs he can touch all day. I bet what happened is they put the butt there, and then they were like, "Huh, that looks kind of like boobs." And then <laughs> then they're like, like, "Well." What? And my favorite part of this, the reveal that his hands are where his feet were, and they just wiggle the fingers. <laughs> and then the sewed-on feet look pretty funny, too. And the way he just tries to paw at the boobs with his feet hands. So funny. Jeez, it's 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 weird. It's very Troy. And then mm-hmm. Troy, in real life, trying to mimic having feet hands, <laughs> a butt boobs, and being disgusted by it. Yeah, it's a good Abed's moment. like, yeah. Abed really likes it. Man, I love how just wholesome and and uh uh just egging each other on and like being a hype man to the friend troy and abed are they're so great and this kind of reveals pierce says keep me out of your stupid stories and and troy's like i never said it was you and you realize that in all of these stories they never said who each person is supposed to be it's just very clear i thought a couple of the racist pierce jokes went a little too far in this episode pierce literally calls himself a racist here i don't know i don't i always thought that it was more that and Pierce's, Pierce doesn't know. No, he's racist. But, but he says the, here, he I'm says, your crazy I am a old racist, racist friend. Mm-hmm. Is it, what's worse, being a racist and not realizing it or being a racist and knowing it and doubling down on it? Is it being that? Being a racist I feel and like knowing it's that. it. Yeah, it's definitely that. They're both really bad. I feel like there's some really bad things in not knowing what you're saying mm-hmm. has the connotations that it does. But I feel like everybody does that to a degree sometimes. It's way worse to be like, I sure do hate minorities. Yeah. And please, nobody take that audio clip and use it against me. I already have. <laughs> Local podcaster today gets canceled after audio clip of him saying he hates minority services. 
now we get Pierce's story, and it's even less of a horror story. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the way it's set up with Pierce with this flowing hair, his cup of brandy, <laughs> and the women dressed sexily, like waiting for Magnum to come join the three of them back in bed. <laughs> the girls do a really good job of playing it up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really funny. And then it's a it's a what happens here is that Troy and Abed are are very uh, ethnically tinged thugs mm-hmm. uh, that that come break into Pierce's <laughs> mansion and and hold him up at gunpoint. The only it's a lot funnier to think that this is how Pierce sees Troy and Abed, who are nothing yeah. like this, more than it is actually fun to watch Troy and Abed act this out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense that Abed, especially, like, obviously Pierce has stereotypical thoughts about black people. So all that he needs to think of Troy this way is to see that he's black. But Abed is, like, so nothing like this either. And the fact that Pierce just also groups him in with that other stereotype, I don't know. It's funny and it's bad in a Pierce way that I like. I just don't really like seeing uh, Donald Glover and Abed have to act this way very much. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one. This is normally where I check out for a I bit don't blame you. Episode. But it does give us the beautiful joke of Troy beating them up, or of Pierce beating them up with his dick in a minute. Yeah. I, I feel like it's good for that. Pierce gets a true action moment where he, like, real gingerly takes the guns out of their hands mm-hmm. and then punches them each across the face. He punches Troy a bunch of times, forcing Troy to say that he's still relevant during it. And then Pierce unzips the fly of his bathrobe, <laughs> appearingly. And Troy goes, oh, my God. And then Pierce, like, I dream of genie nods, and the dick hits Troy in the face, apparently. Outrageous. And then he goes for his birthday spanking and asks which of the girls know how to count to 30. That's definitely the shortest <laughs> story, and yeah. it's definitely the worst one. But it's so shocking that it can make it me is. laugh a little bit. But you just don't like it at all, do you? Not a big fan. I think the which one of you girls can count to 30 joke is the funniest part. <laughs> Birthday spankings. Birthday spankings. Pierce is really proud of himself. and You owe me some birthday the... spankings. Oh, okay. Well, luckily, when we're sharing those bunk beds in our party mansion. There will be lots of time for spanking. Yeah. More than just birthday spanking. Some of them will just be for, for sport. Oh, good. At the end of Pierce's story, they all look really uh, uh, put off by it, but I don't think there's much of an issue. Nobody really thinks that Pierce is going to be the murderer. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that was some really unhinged yeah. commentary on himself and us. <laughs> Troy's line, that Pierce's wasn't even a ghost story. It's like an episode of some show that we're both too young to remember. And Pierce makes it kind of doubles down on the, what, I didn't say who it was, but then there's like, yes, of course, Magnum was me, Mm -hmm. and you guys were the thing. I did not like Pierce's still am Pakistan line. No. I did not like that at all. Uh, I feel like Pierce's racism towards Abed should stop at calling him Abed. Mm -hmm. I think that's funny that he always calls him Abed, but maybe it... Maybe it makes me cringe a little bit more knowing that Dan Harmon was the man behind the typewriter for this one. Yeah. And that they kind of double down on some of those jokes in this episode. True. Not my favorite. No. Annie and Shirley are starting to get weirded out by the stories. And and, and Shirley opines <laughs> for the times when ghost stories were about good versus evil. And you say you tap out at the 
at the well, I like Shirley's. Shirley's but... is one of the highlights of the whole episode, and here it's in the last third of the episode. Yeah, there's so so many. Like this whole story is memes. Everything mm-hmm. about it, from them like being old and and party clothes and partying. Yeah. Jeff's oh man, my drugs are wearing off. To best to line taking... of this whole skit. Well, first the way that she takes a shaker that's labeled weed that's full of like ground oregano or yeah. something, does uh, sh- throws it all over her body so Jeff can do it off of her like body shots. To which Jeff responds, "That is my kind of pot bomb." <laughs> so funny. A really, really great moment. But they don't get to enjoy Jeff's favorite kind of pot bong because the rapture occurs. Not Jeff, I guess Django. Check it (laughs) out. There's all kinds of biblical plagues going on outside. (laughs) And it's also a really funny bit here when Britta says, I don't care, I lived in New York. And what's funny for me is that she walks out, closes the door, comebacks in covered in blood but completely unfazed, and just stands there like she's like a Sims (laughs) character or something. Yeah. Uh, Gillian Jacobs does some really good stuff of like – She's not playing Britta. She's playing like an avatar for these stories. Totally. Like she does it in the Abed one. She does it here. I think there's some really good inspired comedy acting from Gillian here. The Definitely. way, and then like also like avatars, the the gang screams in the most like unattached way possible. Yeah. And Troy's Britta, great ugh, there. it's like New York out there. <laughs> Then the funny bits build even more. The, the the news on the radio comes on to announce that all of the Christians have been raptured and the world is over, but everyone who's left is the coolest people on the earth. And then at the end, this is NPR. I thought <laughs> that was really funny. The NPR is still around. Yeah. They're all pretty upset that it's the <laughs> end of the world, but kind of like toe half in upset about it. And But they're really scared when the dean shows up as the devil with a hearty hello and if the Dean was in this episode more, his turn of the devil would earn him an MVP so absolutely so, so positively. Because just like the jokes that, that Dan writes in, in the Pierce storyline are a little bit too far, the, a lot of the jokes with the Dean as the devil could go too far, mm-hmm. but because Jim Rash is just, man, such a Sells talented it. comedic yeah. performer. And also it's so funny that this is not far before or after the time that Jim Rash won it. Oscar. Yeah. And here he is, is the devil. (laughs) Hello. So many funny things about his lines here from damnation orientation is a really funny one. The sketch of it being neck deep in scorpions, lava enemas, then Pilates, which everyone's like, yeah, I like Pilates, Mm -hmm. but Pilates is a demon that eats your genitals. But first, stabby, stabby, and he starts going off, going off after them. <laughs> but thankfully, in, in, in appearances, it seems that the day is saved by Angel Shirley, who's really just come down to blow the devil away, sure, but gloat to all of her friends that she's made it to Abraham's bosom and that she <laughs> forgives them. This has got to be, you know, people can say what they want about Shirley's contributions to the series, but she has some really wonderful moments through season three. I can think of some that are still coming up in episodes ahead. And this is one of my favorite Shirley moments so far. It's got to be it's great. The way that she delivers her angelic speech and the, I forgive you. <laughs> Everything about this storyline is really, really funny. The way the study group commit to being Shirley's version of the study group. Yeah. 
it's really funny. Jeff's prayer hands when they're asking <laughs> to go to heaven makes me laugh pretty hard. This has got to be definitely the highlight of the episode for me. Really? I think nice. so. I think it's really funny. You don't think it's the highlight? No. What's the highlight? How can gay marriage? How oh, can that okay. not be part I of guess, the highlight? Yeah, this that's whole storyline, it like I feel like you could take this three minutes of the episode as a clip. Yeah. Tell someone there's an episode of community where they all tell their versions of scary stories. This is Shirley's. And you've seen the part that you really need to see of the episode for mine. That's true. I, I okay. I this would be a funnier little viral that. video than it is as a 22-minute episode of television. It would be. And the way the Dean commits to it, Britta covered in blood, and the way that they all act like non-player characters throughout all of this. Yeah. I really like it a lot. And then it cuts to Shirley really passionately. They changed all the bits <laughs> forever, she says. And then Pierce wrote himself as Jeff in the story because you don't even notice that Pierce wasn't in that story yeah. at all. He says, where was Jeff in that story, and why was my name Django? Okay, Pierce. Whatever you say. Right. Then we get a commercial, and afterwards, uh, uh, Shirley is being chastised for her story that it wasn't a horror story, it was a sermon. We get the spoiling a Brita party is like letting poop spoil line. You like that one? I do. <laughs> I think that one's funny. Everyone starts to get up and go, and, and Britta really doesn't want everyone to leave until they figure it out. And see, You're Jeff right goes here that Jeff too. is, like, standing ahead. It would make more sense that he just stay with the group. They could have yeah. totally – it would have worked better if this was just Britta's thing. Uh, definitely. And it was perfectly set up to be just Britta's thing. Yep. It's good to let Jeff be the other person who, like, knows what's actually going on, but mm -hmm. he doesn't need – he can be, like, naysaying it the whole time. Yeah, literally. I think that he, he agrees way too much – Especially agreeing way too much, like visibly. It's one thing if that was like in his head. He's like, "Well, maybe I'll help out," but I or if can't you just see... saw his reactions to the stories, it's stuff like this where he stands up in front of everyone and won't let them leave. He should be one that wants to leave just as bad as totally. everyone else. Another thing that I don't love about this and makes it so clear that all they wanted to do was to do these silly horror movie stories mm -hmm. is now there's four or five minutes left in the episode and how quickly they rush into like the last segment of oh the episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's they like no real it. tension about the people being annoyed and wanting to leave. They're just like, all right, we've all told our stories. We're going to stand up and leave now. And then Britta says no and explains to everyone what's going on. Uh, for an episode written by Dan Harmon, I feel like the structuring of this episode is a little lazy, mm -hmm. even if it does have some really strong jokes scattered throughout it, which makes me feel like Dan Harmon certainly, you know, he has the Dan Harmon story circle, the way a story is told over yeah. a sitcom length of time, the way it involves each of its characters is revolutionary, but maybe Dan Harmon is better at the front of a writer's room and mm -hmm. not as the one who's left to take home the assignment. Yeah. Is that bad of me to say? I don't disagree. I think we've seen it other places where this sort of thing can happen. Sure. Now, obviously, Dan is the most important person to the show because we're getting close to seeing what it's like when he's gone and it's yeah. not pretty. But I don't think he needs to be writing the episodes. I think he can trust the staff that he works with closely exactly. to take his revolutionary ideas and add a lot of funny lines and character-driven stuff to it. But anyway, yeah, Britta just basically explains everything that's going on and how they need to figure out who is the crazy one. Uh, I don't know. It's, there's just no stakes to this, and they're supposed to be, and it makes it feel silly. 
I do like the little montage we see of like that's Britta's well done, yeah. fears that they're all going to be murdered. So we get a little shot of each of them getting murdered by a hooded figure that could be any one of them. Troy and Abed get axed in the back. Britta and Sh- Annie and Shirley doing their makeup get stabbed by surprise. And it's like the softest stab ever. I know. Did you see that? It's like... <laughs> it's Jeff like when and- Jeff's getting attacked by the hook, like he was just kind of poking him with it. Britta's perspective of Jeff and Pierce uh, uh, cheersing martinis with each other, and then they get <laughs> poisoned. I don't know. This is funny. And especially the, the, yeah, the visual gag that Britta pictures herself as this smart bookie person reading a big book but she doesn't know that it's war and peace so it's titled war and peace she doesn't know if that's the author if that's the title not at all that's a pretty funny bit Mm -hmm. and she gets choked to death and the study group take a step back from her and maybe think that Britta has been the crazy (laughs) one all this time because she's the one that has these clear images of murdering each of the study group members so when they see it as her, we see a little cut of her killing herself and then being mm-hmm. unmasked as herself. I think that's yeah, a cool that's little really shot cool. too. One thing I do want to point out about this episode that we haven't talked about yet that they pointed out in the commentary that I thought was cool was in the season two episode, Epidemiology, mm-hmm. uh, soundtracking it to ABBA came a little bit later in production. Yeah. So Ludwig had done a bunch of Halloween horror zombie music for it oh, that really? wasn't used because they went with the ABBA bit, which was inspired and was a great bit to include. So some of the music, some of the scary music used in this episode was Ludwig's compositions from the previous season's Halloween episode. So it's good that they got to use some That's of That's super cool. And bits like the killing montages and Britta unmasking herself, mm-hmm. those are some of the sort of inspired bits in this episode. Yeah. And Britta starts to see herself as maybe she is the crazy one. But we're getting very close to letting this uh, fizzle out the way that it does. Uh, they're getting freaked out because it's Halloween. Annie calms everyone down. This is a little bit of a funny bit before it gets real messy. The lights go out, and when they come up, everyone has a really specific weapon to defend themselves from the others. Troy had the time to make Wolverine claws with pencils. Shirley's smashing a bottle. Uh, I think my favorite I like one Pierce. is Pierce with the with the fire hydrant, and you can hear him say, "You don't want to be barium sulfated." I like I that he ran really all the bit. way to the wall to grab the fire extinguisher and made it back to that exact spot, all without yeah. like being able to see, which is fantastic. Yeah. And then Jeff tries to do a winger speech to pull it all together, and it fizzles out pretty well, but we get Jeff's version of the horror story. I've been thinking a lot, like, why didn't Jeff tell one? He got out of it. But in his story, they're all cheersing over Coco. A hooked murderer comes in to kill them, but it's Chang who they bring in with a hug and with love because they're a loving study group. And it's a pretty bad story told by Jeff, but it's nice Mm -hmm. to have a tiny little Chang moment in here. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Ken sells the two seconds he gets of this episode. I kill because yeah. I'm afraid. I think it could have been, since we're, you know, writing, I think it could have been a little bit funnier if Jeff didn't include Chang in the story, but Chang had, like, come in the room and been like, and it was Wrote me under the mask. It, and I exactly. killed all of you. And yeah. he's the crazy one. Yeah, since we're writing the episode mm-hmm. throughout this. I think this. that would have been funny. But they have a group hug, love hugs. And Everyone like, we puts are nice. their weapon down, but but Pierce, this line's too far, but I'll allow this one. That's mm-hmm. the gayest crap I've heard in my life. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the conflict in this episode. They should have done a lot more with Britta's anxieties in this episode mm-hmm. because putting the 
the basis of it behind the study group. It's clear that they don't care. It's clear that there's nothing real behind yeah. what they're all stressed out about. It wants so hard to be one of those uh, uh, episodes where they're all locked in a room together mm-hmm. and they 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 build off of each other's, I don't know, their anxieties. And it, it just kind of misses the mark. Even though there's some really, really good stuff throughout it, it really kind of misses the mark when they try to have any type of uh, uh, emotional backbone to this with the characters. I would have liked it better if it was just a straight laugh episode. I do too. I think I would have liked that a lot more. I don't know. I They did a lot of things really well in this episode, but overall it just doesn't land as well as a lot of community episodes do for me. It's one of the like shallowest, kind of emptiest episodes of the series so far. Uh, I think what what really misses the mark is... It's really, really funny, but community is always really, really funny. And there's usually like a statement behind what they're making fun of. And there just isn't here. And the one that they've come up with feels like they did it just because they had to, not because that idea came before all the silly jokes. Well, and the thing is, they just did an episode where they told seven different stories really well. Yes. But they were all connected really well. And outside and of the one, stories, it was fantastic. And they six stories and three of them are funny. And the yeah. the narrative thread that holds it together is like a five out of ten. Totally. I think this episode's higher than a five out of ten. But yeah, it does not hold up well. And it does not do the episode any favors being the week after f- remedial chaos yeah. theory this now, is a solid 6.5 for me if it had been the three four five that was supposed to be and if uh, sure. remedial chaos had been three and then what was the one after that um uh, it was competitive ecology yeah competitive ecology which i actually really like that episode if this one had come after competitive ecology maybe i would have felt a little better about mm-hmm. it it's just kind of a mess and it kind of swings and a misses yeah and the ending swings and a misses too because of course the thing was that Britta got the test results wrong all along. She ran the Scantron through backwards. So they're probably not all crazy. Uh, it's it's a cheap way to, to write themselves out of this. Uh, however, the, the bit that ends it where they find out that they're all crazy except for one of them and that one person is Abed and they all decide to not figure out who it is so they well, can all have the fleeting notion that they might be sane. the fact that the, the results don't matter anyway because Jeff filled his out randomly, so it means nothing what Jeff says. I'm sure his would have ranked right. that way anyway, but You're like right. he filled it, it out d- randomly. It doesn't fix anything, but the little bit that they put it on, I don't hate. Yeah. I, I do like that, of course, Abed is the sane one, and of course the rest of them are crazy. And I like that Abed's the sane one, but Pierce's, when they show them, like has almost everything checked as like a red flag. And I think it would have been funnier if that were Shirley or Annie. Also, it felt like a sitcom lower than community, the way that they all walk out of the room yeah. being like, don't Britta this. Oh, now you're piercing it. Oh, don't be a Shirley. Mm-hmm. I, that was a little silly. Yeah, I and didn't not like that. Commu- not, I love silly, but this was like, oh, that choice you made was a little silly. I don't love that. Shirley, don't pierce. I don't get it. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. We pan over the test results. We see... Yeah, that Pierce is the craziest. Shirley is probably the next craziest. Mm-hmm. And then Britta and Annie. Uh, but Abed is sane. And Troy wasn't the too far off. End of the episode. And then the end tag. 
which I like, I guess. It goes back to one of the stories instead of doing something different. I wish it would have done something different, but instead we get a little bit more of Pierce with feet hands. And one last bit, which, because they play it off really well, of Troy and Abed talking to each other without saying anything. And, of course, they can't resist but do a Troy and Abed something, something. But I like Abed scratching Troy's chin, (laughs) Troy feeding him, him bourbon or whatever. And I don't know, it's... My favorite part of it is that Pierce is over there freaking out because he's left out, but they're not speaking at all, so he feels especially left out. I think yeah. that part's funny. And that's the end of the episode, and we've only been recording for like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This is an episode that I enjoy, and yeah. I'll laugh really hard whenever I put it on, but this is the type of episode that I could p- see someone in our lives watching and not understanding why we do this show analyzing it totally you know what i mean if every episode of community was like this there wouldn't be a lot to say about it and often there's so much to say about it and last week there was so much to say about an episode we totally agreed upon you know yeah and it definitely doesn't say a lot for this episode that we got through it pretty fast now i think it's a, a fairly fun episode yeah but I don't know. Let, let's talk for a second. How do you think you'd rank the five episodes of the season that we've had so far? Let Biology 101 mm-hmm. is a mess. Yeah. The Jeff going crazy, leaving the study group, having the 2001 Space Odyssey dream. That episode's a mess. Uh, geography of Global Conflict. I love the model you win. I love Crisis Alert. The Jeff and Annie stuff was pretty bad in that one for mine. Mm-hmm. Episode three, I like competitive ecology quite a bit. Yeah. Episode four, uh, Remedial Chaos Theory is one of the best episodes of television of all time. And episode five, Horror Fiction and Seven Spooky Steps. I think my bottom has got to be Geography of Global Conflict. Really? My number four would have to be Biology 101. My number three would have to be this one, Horror Fiction and Seven Spooky Steps, just because of Mm -hmm. all of the iconic laughs in it. Uh, my number two would it be, of course, then competitive ecology, number one, remedial chaos theory. What about for you? Mine would go a little differently. I would go biology as my lowest. Then I would go geography. Okay. You know, I like the Yamadalin thing so much. See, I like think a lot of things about that episode, but there have been a lot more episodes this season that have a lot of things going for them, but they don't just come together in the way they yeah. usually do. I wish I could put global uh, geography above this one, but I just can't with the Jeff and Annie stuff. Yeah, um, Annie's tantrum that she throws in that one takes that down so far from me. Yeah. Um, then I would go with this one, then competitive ecology, then remedial chaos theory is the top. So we're pretty close to each other, just yeah. two swapped. Mm-hmm. And let's wrap up this episode. I will still give it the compliment that I think this episode uses everyone in the study group pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, who's your MP3? I'm kind of go- my MP3. MP3. <laughs> your, who's your MVP? Because I I'm kind of going between two. Oh well, I don't have anyone yet. I was kind of I haven't made a Waiting final decision. Yeah, and I was hoping that you could sway me in one direction or the other. Okay, I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Abed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mainly because I love how much his story is in his voice. Uh, but my MP3 <laughs> this week is it's got to be Britta. Yeah. Uh, I don't love the Britta conflict that's the real world of this episode, but I do believe that Britta would see something like that, worry about it a lot, and f*** 
it all up in the process. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that she's uh, like an avatar in everyone else's stories. I really like her in uh, her own story in the beginning with Jeff. I really like her in Shirley's story and in Abed's story. I think I'll give it to Britta. Yeah, I'm going to go with Britta too. I think that her performance in all the other stories was fantastic. I was between her and Shirley because I thought that Shirley did a great job in all the stories as well. But I think yeah. Britta stood out a little bit more to me in some of them. Yeah. Um, and she and Gillian did a great job the whole episode of portraying what she was meant to portray. So I, I think MVP goes to Britta this week in in an yeah. episode that was not my favorite. But I mean, it wasn't it bad by any means. And Gillian certainly shines in it. Yeah. It, it isn't bad by any means, but it's like it's a really good episode of just about any other sitcom. Mm-hmm. Like if we were watching just about – like if – so, like something like How I Met Your Mother did an episode like sure. this, and the emotional resonance was exactly as it is in this one. In that show, would be like, oh wow, they like went a little farther than normal. Mm-hmm. But in this one, when Community goes so hard so often, it, it can't help but feel half baked. Yeah, I think that we were really spoiled with season two, and that's why mm. we're seeing the flaws in season three right now because we're going yeah. right through, you know. And I'm really hopeful going into all the episodes, especially this one. I was like, yeah, I, I know. I was hoping my mind would change. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and it won't be like right after um, etymology. So I think I'm going to really like it, and I did not. And unlike you, I do think every time I watched it this time, I liked it a little bit better. But it was because I didn't care what was going on, and I just laughed at the jokes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think much like... Uh, Steven's performance earlier in today's podcast, I think it's probably a B minus, maybe even borderline C plus. I would not give this episode a B. I it hangs out in the C range for me. So yeah, Steven, we've done it. That that's a wrap on one of, if not the shortest podcast, and you can't disappoint a podcast. I history. think it really might be. That's crazy. A full hour shorter than when we did Messianic Myths with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. It was fun. I've honestly. Going through season three and not outright loving every single episode. It's been has fun. Kind of, it's kind of revitalized my love of doing this podcast with you because I feel like we've had a lot more to talk about. Yeah, we have. It's been a lot less like agreeing and just like, you know, praising I everything. I think we're this season I, we're getting I to, that thought to be the, the, the shrewd assholes that we are at times. And we get to we've really. Been that for a while. I don't think. <laughs> I think season one after the Schmitty episode is when I, I put on my hard-ass hat. And I was like, this isn't, this is not comedy. Comedy was three guys bopping each other. I'm just going, yeah. You know what I mean. Let's wrap this up. Let's, let's finish things up. Next week we'll be back, as always, to talk about Advanced Gay, an episode that I both don't remember very well and have really low expectations for. I think that I'm not going to find it as funny as... I used to, I'm sure. I will say it's noteworthy. I believe this is the episode that introduces us actually physically meeting Pierce's father. It is that episode. Uh, so maybe there will be some good Pierce stuff. I, You know, I've been beginning to feel how Chevy is not invested at all in being in this show anymore. So mm-hmm. let uh, you know what? Bring on a Pierce episode. I'm excited to yeah, see it. Yeah, I think I've watched this episode more recently than a lot of others for some reason. I think huh. when I was home one time, my brother and sister were just watching through... And this was the one that was on. Mm-hmm. 
I'll always remember, uh, I got my pocket full of Hawthorns, my pocket full of yeah. Hawthorns. <laughs> so we'll get into that next week. Send us in your trivia, your episode MP3, and your favorite funny moment for next week's show to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the things that y- we do here and you want to support us further, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash can'tdisappointpodcast. Every week before we record the show, we do the live You Can't Disappear show, and it's always really fun, and you can play games with us, and we talk really off the cuff, and sometimes maybe even laugh harder than we do over here, so I, I definitely recommend you coming and hanging out with us there, on top of other side podcasts we got going on, and uh, I don't know, Steven and I are going on a trip soon, I think we're going to do some travel diary type content over on the, on the Patreon, on the Patreon, I think that'll be fun. And it means a lot for us that you support us and help us take this thing further. So come check us out if you if you got a couple pennies to spare. And Stephen, uh, where can the people find us to hang out with us for free outside of the podcast? Um, if they want to track us down and really hunt for us, you know, do a little a little chase through the outback uh, to get a hold of us, you can go see us on Twitter over at you can't disappear. We're also on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast, and we're on Facebook and the YouTube under the name You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. All sorts of fun things happening over there. Um, Send us a DM, send us a tweet, send us a meme. Give us a follow, give us a handshake, give us a kiss on the forehead when we're napping. You know, any of those things are acceptable if you make your way to us over at any of those platforms. So true. So true. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we love you. And you're we'll very see you next special. Week. If you're a good boy, we'll give you a little treat next week. Do you want a treat? All right, bye. <laughs>